How's your sex life? How's your wieners and your vajayjays and all the things you use during sexy time? Well, the reason I ask is because nobody else is. Sex is still taboo. It's hard to communicate with your partner, with the person you love, with the person you want to have sex with, your desires, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, And also, you have lots of questions about sex that maybe have never been answered. That's what this podcast is, Sex 101. This is basically the sex ed you wish you had gotten. You remember those sex ed classes where they were showing you like images of fallopian tubes and prostates? And you had a bunch of questions that never got answered. Well, this podcast is here for you to finally answer all those burning questions that you've had. And uh, it's going to be awesome because we have a great person to answer your questions. I'm talking about Dr. Stormy. Um, She's a certified sex and intimacy coach. Um, She's a member of the World Association of Sex Coaches. And she even has her medical doctorate and was an occupational therapist for 14 years. She is amazing. We had her on the Bad Christian Podcast, and I just knew if there's any way we can work with her uh, to help people feel more free and open and honest and authentic with their sex lives, then she is the person to help do that. I am so excited to have her on this podcast. I'm excited to be on this podcast. I'm Toby. If you don't know me, I've been in the band Emory for decades, um, toured all around the world, learned so much about, you know, I grew up in a small town in South Carolina and didn't know much about sex because we weren't allowed to talk about it. You didn't have sex until you got married. You know, the, I grew up very evangelical. Um, and because of the band, my whole perspective has changed about sex and intimacy. Um, and also, I led a group called the True Man Experience, where I traveled all around uh, America and met with men to talk about masculinity and to talk about their relationships with their family and their fathers, um, their sexuality. Um, so I've learned a lot too, and I'm kind of on this podcast going to be the everyman. I'm going to be asking questions that maybe uh, you might would ask, or maybe they're even dumb questions, but there is no such thing as a dumb question. That's what my mom always said. So uh, I'm going to be here for you folks that uh, you know are like me, just kind of plain and simple. <laughs> so what we are asking you to do is send in your questions. Uh, any listeners, send in your questions. Email them to us at toby at marriagesupply.com. That's toby, T-O-B-Y, at marriagesupply.com. Send in those questions. We'll take any and all questions. So send them in. There's nothing off the table. This is an open door policy. Anything goes. Try and stump us. Try and make us laugh. Try and scare us. I don't know. Send in those questions. Let's get this thing started. And my work is like, I, w- I hope I can help people learn to be turned on by life itself like it doesn't yeah. we, we we save turn on for the bedroom and that's so myopic and so constrictive rather than you know being turned on by life itself or a good glass of wine or you know yeah. an amazing play or whatever it might be a, going for a great boxing workout and then learning to move that energy and like have it fuel your creativity and your love making right but it doesn't have to be like people get so strange about like turn on and i say all the time like I, I want to be and teach my class to be turned on all the time. It doesn't mean I'm hot to trot all the time. It means that you're feeling alive. You're feeling connected to this, to this electrical, to this pulsating energy. And, and it's really like, so, you know, I mean, like that man sounds like it had, he had it really like enhanced, really intense, really amplified, probably because he doesn't know how to calm his nervous system. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. right. Which makes sense that if, if you're, if, if, that if your genre of music is soothing his nervous system, that's his intensity level, right? Like, yeah. There's actually studies about um, my friend was, who was who, who was here actually. 
cleaning my windows moment right at the time finally um he is a dear friend of mine he was telling me there was a study about the screamo music that they're like the most peaceful people that are like drawn towards like screamo music really that's, uh-huh. that, that makes a lot of sense. Like that's how they are able to tap into that. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I was like, oh, that's such a cool study. So yeah, that that yeah. is interesting too. The people that are quiet, oftentimes you're right. Now that you mentioned that, a lot of our fans are just very docile and calm. But and so that must be a way. There's something under the surface that they probably don't get able to get out as much. And so yeah, we all music. absolutely need a way to move through anger and rage. And most of us don't have a very healthy way to do that like when i was yeah. going through my divorce I, I picked up boxing like not kickboxing like full-on boxing like and it was so cathartic it was absolutely as therapeutic as my therapist if not more so wow because it was a way for me to move the anger through i wasn't well sometimes i was angry at my soon-to-be ex-husband most of the time i was just angry at the situation you know and so yeah. and i was a person for 40 36 years i was like i'm never angry namaste and now i'm like oh hell i love my anger she's like this really beautiful guide for me but how do I move it? How do I work with it? Right. I mean, like the, 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 the thing is like, feel it, feel to heal. Right. You got to feel yeah. all the whole spectrum of emotions to be like full, you know, that's, that's why. So you, for like 30 something years, you thought of yourself as not angry at Literally. all. I signed fucking everything. Keep smiling. Love stormy. And now I'm like, <laughs> that is so nauseating. Literally. My first boyfriend from um, high school, like the first I lost my virginity, he's still a really dear friend of mine. And he's like, do you remember the whole keep smiling thing? I was like, oh God, I had hoped you were going to forgot about that. You, know? you signed like, your books you that not- <laughs> Keep smiling. It's such an insult. Actually, it's like, it, it's such a bypass, right? It was, a, it was yeah. a way for me. I wasn't comfortable with my own anger. I didn't have great models for that growing up. And then doing my own full on rage work. I did it actually a retreat in Tennessee was the first like piece of rage work I did. And that was probably, mm, six or seven years ago now. And now it's like a part of my practice. Like it's really rage work. I've never heard of that before. What is that? Yeah. Well, it can be anything. This was like, it can be like, there's a, there's a, a place in town called smash it where you literally go and like pay a fee and you get, can get like porcelain dishes and smash the shit out of them. You can get a TV wow. and a bat and like break the shit, out of it. No <laughs> like, but in a controlled safe environment yeah. and with no one else around. Right. Um, and so that's like one piece of it. This was uh, what's that. called Bataka work, but you literally have this like, like a wiffer ball bat, you know, yeah. and then you have like these pillows and cushions and you just, I mean, I literally went to like, my hands were bleeding, like beating on this thing, like just sobbing with like the, all the people around, like, cause there's, uh, this was a private group of, uh, I think it was four men, four women, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And then a, a therapist and the, you know, what, looking around and seeing everyone being like, go, go, go. And like feeling like this place for me, the first, I think I was 30, 30, 39, I was 39, um, was the first time where I felt like, Oh, not only is my rage okay, it's actually like they're like encouraging me. And I literally felt 15 pounds later, like actually felt 15 pounds wow. later. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. I'll never forget that moment. That is so interesting because oftentimes I've said this a million times when I'm exercising or like if I'm running hard or doing sprints or like if I'm really, my heart's pumping my mind does become clear and I'm able to understand me a little bit better or, or the thoughts come more clearly. So that, that makes a lot of sense tapping into that primal rage or anger that you know, you can't in our society, you can't just go smashing shit, you know, but, but if you could do it in a controlled environment and it reaches into that the feelings that you have, that's pretty awesome. I didn't, I, I'm, I need it's to try pretty that. Amazing. It's brilliant. It's called smash it. It's like all over the country, but it's like a, it's a brilliant idea. Wow. And then I had a birdie man with the other, like, 
they had like a whole smash it thing. And that was my first time doing that, like smashing things. And I was like, it is very rewarding to take like, a really pretty piece of china, write something on it that you want to let go of and just smash the shit out of it, you know? <laughs> you went to Burning Man? I've been to Burning Man three times. What? Was that at, <laughs> was that after your divorce? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, I went, I've been twice. Uh, wait. Yeah, twice with a partner and once single. It's hard there- to get into Burning Man. Like, it's not easy, right? Now you gotta like be there right when tickets open. Like it, I mean, you drive for hours and you may get in, but you can always. I mean, I shouldn't say that. It, you can likely always get a ticket. You just might pay extra for it. But so after your divorce, did you do a lot of cool shit? Like, were you like, did you feel free to do? Um, things, you know, I did, but I was a single mom with a, a kiddo with special needs, so it wasn't like. Which I always say, I'm so grateful for being a mom for so many reasons. But one of the reasons is he really grounded me. Like, I'm a little bit. Not as much wild, probably would have just been like a traveling gypsy because I love travel. Like I really oh. probably just would have like left and gone like somewhere in the world, like you know, traveling. Um, but I couldn't because I had a son, a four-year-old with special needs. And I'm really grateful for that because he made me put down roots. <laughs> wow. know? So but, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 maybe my ex-husband would have gone to Burning Man with me. I would never have gone to Burning Man when I was married. It was like something. Uh, yeah. And it is a, a microcosm of all things. But did you do other stuff? Did you like go skydiving or did you, you know, try different things? Well, like, I was always kind of like that. So, yes, but I was always like that even in my marriage. I was like, oh, wow. uh, you know, so that's always the opposite of me. I don't, I I would never skydive. Burning Man's scary to me. I don't think uh, I'm my, abandoned. My boyfriend, think... we joke that he's like, you say yes to everything. I say yeah. no to everything. <laughs> I want to start doing that. I was thinking about that just yesterday. I want to do that, like say yes to things. Like I, I know that that has to be good. Like I, well, I, I mean, mean, what you can not, do not, is a good practice to notice that if you, if you're, like I, I mean, my boyfriend's amazing, and he's like he doesn't actually say no to everything. That's the sure, point. His sure, first sure. impulse is to say no. Yeah, yeah. My first impulse is to say yes. Neither of which is necessarily better. It's more like noticing what your first impulse is, and then saying for him to say, "Is it really a no for me, or is it a yes?" And then for yeah. me to say. Maybe that should be a no, right? So it's like the right. flip side of the same coin. But we all have a tendency. Like we're either yes people or no people, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's interesting you say that. You have an impulse. Then just think about the impulse first. Because that that has gotten me, I think, in some trouble in, in my marriage before. My wife and I, uh, there definitely have been times where I have either immediately said no or immediately said yes. Or, or, or she has. And then yeah. we didn't really take time to go, wait a minute. What are we saying? Because you're right. Even like with your son, you, you know, there it is nice to have some balance there. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's probably totally. awesome when your boyfriend says no and you go, that's probably right. And you probably are end up being relieved that you said no. Totally. You know, exactly. And that's part of the beauty of partnerships to like balance each other. And like we joke, I'm like, I ignore his no, he ignores my yes. I mean, not really, but like, and then we get to actually check in to say, okay, is it a yes for us? Is it a no for us? You know? Yeah. And then that also can lead you into like separateness. Like if it's really like a yes for me, like, I want to go to something he doesn't want to go. Well, maybe I go without him, right? Because yeah. it's a yes for me and it's really a no for him or vice versa, you know? So it yeah. allows you to like, I mean, you've you heard me talk about sovereignty, but that practice of sovereignty and how do you maintain sovereignty in a long-term partnership is a whole, could be a whole podcast in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the, one of the reasons I was uh, just have loved your social media presence, your TikToks and all that stuff is because you make it very easy. And I think that's probably even even, you know, the people that you're, you know, you're doing your calls with and, you, and that you're working with. You do offer them a place that feels very safe to just to talk about sex. And that's mm-hmm. that's really what we're trying to do with this podcast, I think, is like um, just to, just have a place where you can say this is the way I feel or I'm scared of this or this is happening in my 
dating life or marriage right. life and all that stuff. I just, that's one of the reasons why we started Marriage Supply, our sex toy store, um, was because it was so many, we came from a very, you know this, but we came from mm-hmm. a very strict Christian background where, you know, it's purity culture. You do not have sex. I mean, my parents didn't talk to me at all about sex and just said, do not do it. Do not do it. Do not do it. Right. What I didn't know is they didn't actually care. And if I, they, like years later, my dad was like, you definitely had sex in high school. Right. And I was like, you told me not to. <laughs> what? You said no. Why? Why? Wasn't there something about hell and burning forever? I, <laughs> yeah. I think that was in the equation. Yeah. I, I was kind of nervous. I thought I was doing the right thing. And and that screwed me mm-hmm. up in lots of ways. I'm sure, you know, down the line, we'll even talk about that more. Yeah. But um, Yeah. But I just love that you're able to let people f- breathe a little bit and have some room. Thank you. And that's ju- such a nice and, compliment. And do that. Yeah. And, and um, so that's, that's what we're going to, you know, we're going to yeah. be taking listener questions. Um, I'm so excited. And, this yeah. is so great. I know. I mean, we'll it's hit some like of what those. I say, right? Like, it's that's why our TikTok is called Touchy Subjects because sex is such a touchy subject. Yeah. I really believe it is. Well, I say sex and money, right? Everybody wants more of both and nobody wants to talk about either. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and That's so great. it's like, it's such a true thing. And so, um, I mean, we, uh, we, I literally had my CPA on my podcast talking about the, the similarities between sex and yeah. money. Cause there's actually a wow. lot of them, you know, but, um, I mean, it's, and, but really when it comes to sex, I think it's the subject that is the most both hyper obsessed and hyper repressed at the same time in our culture. Yeah. Right. And that's really confusing. That's really confusing. And so for, for men to navigate, for women to navigate, for non-binary persons to navigate, it's just confusing. And so ha- having a space where we can talk about these things and, and do so in a sound way and in a supportive way is, is massive. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah, you, were it's telling huge. That, you were telling me, and that's what it blows my mind. You can go on TikTok and see practically almost nudity, you know, whether it be dancing or, you know, but if you talk or say a couple of words about sexuality, you you like you've even gotten banned, right? By for saying oh, yeah. what, what, what was it you got banned for? What did you say? Because I I mean I can scroll through TikTok right now and oh, it would yeah. be very sexual. Totally. I mean, my boyfriend's like, "How are you getting banned?" And then I like see what's on his scroll or his friend's scroll, and I'm like, "What?" You know? Yeah. Again, it's that it's that repressive and obsessive like dichotomy. But I was the first time that I know I was I uh, wasn't shadow banned. I was actually banned. Uh, I've been shadow banned several times, but they don't tell you you're shadow banned, which is also very weird. You just yeah. get banned and blocked, but they don't inform you, which seems like poor business practices. But, Definitely. Um, but the first time was first, I said pleasure. And I was talking about pleasure practices, but I was what? literally holding my cup of tea, talking about tea as a form of pleasure. Oh, and wow. They, and they were like, I got taken, it got taken down and I got blocked for sexual content. And I was like, what? I mean, and that actually set me off. That's what that's what had me create the podcast because I was like, I am so over yeah. the censorship that is so unhealthy and promotes this obsession repression thing we have going on. Rather than having, you know, and I certainly don't have all the answers. I mean, se- sexuality is like is my greatest passion. I'd love to study it and learn everything I can about it. But it's also great to be like, wow, I don't know the answer to that. Let's find out. Let's let's circle back on this. You know, yeah. it's um. It's, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, you have to spell boobs with like little flowers for the O. I mean, it's just, it's like, right. <laughs> yeah. They, they, yeah. Everybody calls, uh, yeah. Porn is corn. What's the other one? Uh, you can't corn, say sex. I have to say sex S E G G. And I'm like, yeah, how frustrating that is as a sex coach to have to spell it S E G G. Yes. And, and I saw, great. I've been seeing some people talk about different positions and the way they have to draw it and com- talk about <laughs> sex positions, like with the, cons- two, the, and they're talking about two consenting adults having sex and and it, that 
that's just that that's not uh sensual it's like educational and so it just it is exactly it's very strange exactly. i saw a lady trying to explain the sex position well uh th so it, you probably have heard about it i didn't i've never even realized so it it blew up for a little while it's like more like uh i guess like rubbing or humping instead of like poking i think is what she said uh -huh. you know, the way yeah, she said totally. i was like well and i thought it was actually helpful i thought man this is really neat but the way totally. she had to draw it was like the vagina was just like a straight line <laughs> It was like another straight line, and then she had to make that straight line an angle. And I was like, "What? What? I mean, how I could know, anybody? Like, are, we playing, you know? are we playing hangman or I what? <laughs> I was going to guess a letter. You're right. <laughs> yeah, oh exactly. man, well this is so great. I think this idea of creating a space for your listeners, for your, you know, to be able to like ask questions, right? Um, you know, feel like they have a safe space, feel like they can learn you know, get some laughter and some learning. Like yes. I, you know, I, it, it's like science meets pleasure. Right. Um, and, and also where can they like feel some levity, right? It's yeah. because of the repression, obsession, shame that goes into sex. It has such a gravity to it. And, yeah. and, you know, I mean, my son always jokes that sex is my favorite subject to talk about, but not everybody's, but it really is my favorite subject to talk about because we are all sexual beings, no yeah. matter what you cannot, there is no way around it. Um, and it's the thing that we, it's, it's one of the major, you know, primal drives. And yet we have like, it's just, I mean, in, I mean, we're, we're in Utah, so they do abstinence only sex education. And I'm like, my son, my son, my son I was like, well, we're going to correct that when you come home because <laughs> you're getting all sorts of sex education, you know, but. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So I, I think, uh, let's get to some questions. So yeah. on this podcast, we're going to take, uh, listener questions and, and actually some of these are from some band dudes. I'm not going to, you know, I won't let you know who they are, but, um, I, so we'll use aliases for everybody, Amazing. Um, but, uh, some of these are listener questions. Some are actually, uh, some guys I was talking to, um, on the road while we we're out there, but we'll get more into, as we do this podcast, more and more into your story, how you got into sex there. What do you, what do you actually, t just so the folks know, what do you call yourself like it's not is it just sex therapy or how do you define oh no uh, i'm a certified sex and intimacy coach sex and intimacy coach right yeah, what, yeah. so i did a I did a, a year-long 650 hour certification before my like decade yeah. of reading everything i could around sex and sexuality and then uh, i'm a member of the world association of sex coaches as well but my medical doctorate and my 14 years as a mental health occupational therapist very much informed my coaching. Uh, I just coach rather than acting as a therapist or a, and I'm not a licensed physician. So yeah. that's sort of my educational background, which is a, a mishmash. Yeah, but I think all that, you know, like you said, it really does add to your whole uh, idea of what how you can help people and stuff. So I think that's great. All right. You want to get to this first one then? Let's go. All right. So this one comes from Willis Dickfit. I have wanted to try <laughs> Stormy, you didn't get <laughs> I thought you would laugh. That was the alias name, Willis Dickfit. I was trying not to laugh. I, I like, wanted you to. I wanted you to. I was hoping I'd get a giggle. I was like, man, you, she I is. You have to understand, as a therapist, stupid. I would never laugh because you can get yourself into big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you, I was, I was like, like, man, she is stone cold. Like, what yeah. if that's really his name? <laughs> No, Willis Dickfit. Okay. I have wanted to try some sex toys with my wife, but I feel a little embarrassed to bring it up. How do I bring up using uh, toys and not make her feel uncomfortable? What do you think about that? Yeah. One? I think that's an amazing question. I mean, you know, it's, 
it's really common for it to be uncomfortable. But also I went like just for the research is 60% of couples have used a toy together at some point. So most couples, and this is based mm. on you know different research. The other thing that was really interesting is that about 85%, depending on the study you're reading, of women are open for trying toys, right? So just hear that and know that likely, statistically, your partner might be open to it, right? They might be having the same thing they were having of like, how do I introduce it, right? We have no idea, right? Making assumptions. Um, but then uh, Wevi, which is a, a couple's toy, um, they had a study of a thousand uh, men and women in the United States that they, in the study in 2016, and 50% of couples had used sex toys. So again, just to normalize yeah. this, right? Normalize the the uncomfortability about bringing it up with your partner, but also how commonly used it is, right? And yeah. so, um, and so I think a couple of tips that I would say is that, like, right, know that what your desire to Bring in a sex toy. I, I like to call them team players. I'm thinking yeah. as team players, right? Rather than something because your needs aren't being met or your partner's not meeting your meeting your needs or you're not having your helping your partner to achieve orgasm. Right? Instead of that, it's like bringing in a team player. So looking at it collaboratively rather than with you know shame and repression or feeling like a lack or less than. So that's like a, a, a kind of an esoteric thing, but a, a big thing. And then the other thing is, I mean, this is from uh, Dr. Emily Morris, who I love, but she talks about three T's, timing, tone, and turf. So when you talk to your partner about introducing a sex toy or your desire to introduce a sex toy, I would not recommend doing it between the sheets, right? Or in the moment, because then there's pressure and they're, they, they can mm. feel like that was impulsive yeah. or sprung on them. So the timing, the tone, the turf, like a neutral time, maybe you're out on a date night and having a nice glass of wine or you're feeling connected and aligned. And then it's really this vulnerability of like, hey, like, for example, would you ever be open to trying a vibrator? I think that could be really sexy for us, right? So you're asking the question and you're also saying that you find it exciting. And then this is the other part. And then mouth quiet and really listen to their response, right? Give them a chance to respond uh, without jumping in or saying, well, you know, you make me feel bad for all my desires or what are all the other bad ways that this could go? It's really listening. And let's say your partner is like, I don't know about that. That makes me feel nervous. Then being curious of like, what, what makes you feel uncomfortable about that? I really want to know. I really want to hear, you know? So those are just some, um, some tips. And then I think picking a toy, if they're open to it, pick a toy together. That can be super fun and sexy. Just that, right? Yeah. Pick a toy together. Like, because there, there are toys for everyone, yeah. <laughs> every person, every desire, every wish. And so what is the desire? Maybe it's something simple. Maybe it's something that vibrates. Maybe it's something that sucks. Maybe it's something that doesn't do either, right? Yeah. So picking a toy together can be really, and 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 then the other thing which you guys are so great about is like add some laughter, laugh about it, acknowledge that it's an awkward conversation to have, um, you know, and, and then just being able to laugh about it to be like, you know, like, whoa, no, I don't know about that toy, but how about this toy, right? And right. being able to add some laughter and levity to it. Yeah, I agree totally. I love that. Don't talk about it in the bedroom. You're right. I think oftentimes sex is confined to that area or that time. And so you think this is my opportunity to talk about it. But if it's talked about outside of that time, I think then it, it's more real and both people can express the way they feel. And you're right. There isn't any pressure there. I think from the from the guys I've talked to, because um, I've done like these true man events where I've talked to men and, and mm-hmm. anytime when I've talked to about sex toys, oftentimes men are just a little insecure that the toy's better than them or better than their penis or bigger oh, than their penis or intimidating. But uh, it sounds like from what you're saying too, though, women often are just thinking more about the whole event. Like this could be more fun or, you know, if you want to introduce a sex toy like this, this gentleman wants to Willis, uh, he wants to introduce a sex toy to have more fun and to, you know, try oh, and, and 
see see if it could spice some things up or whatever. So I think you're right. The main thing there is just that conversation for sure. But I, it can be intimidating. I, I remember uh, one of the uh, so we always make jokes on our podcast about dildos. And I realized I, we didn't even sell a dildo on Maris. Like, hey, we were making all these jokes. We sold tons of vibrators, but mm-hmm. I was like, I got, I need to get a, a dildo on here. So I found this dildo. I was like, Oh, this will be good. It was this black dildo. First of all, <laughs> you know, so, I don't know why it just went that way, but when it came, it was a lot bigger than I thought. And I was like, I wonder if people are going to like that. It sold pretty well, mm-hmm. but there was one customer that wrote back like, this isn't going to work for us. <laughs> It was like they're trying to be very diplomatic about it. Like, thank you for this product, but is there a way to return? You know, it's just uh-huh. not quite what we thought it was going to be. Cause, you know, sometimes it's hard, but on, you know, to see sizes or the actual totally. thing until you, it, yeah. with any, with any product <laughs> so you get from Amazon, you know, people return stuff. But, uh, it, so it's okay too to try something out and then, yeah, just laugh about it. Like, if it doesn't, some, there, there's been toys that we have used before that were like, so loud that we died laughing. It sounded like a chainsaw. I I mean, you know, we got three kids watching, you know, YouTube in the next room and uh, what's happening here. So, you know, it's okay to die laughing and not use that. You know what I mean? Like, just it is. And you're not going to like every toy. You are not going to like every toy. Uh, You're right. You know, you're just not. You're not going to like every toy. Right. And and you might like it. Your partner might. You might both not like it. So if you think of it as like, there are toys literally for everything, everyone. So being playful about it, right? I mean, yeah. I, I'm a huge believer on adding some playfulness into the bedroom, right? Because there is so much shame and repression and trauma in the bedroom, you know, yeah. in our culture collectively. And so adding some some laughter and some levity into it and then picking one together, you know? Yeah, I love that for sure. All right. So our next question is from Andy Felterbush. I sometimes... <laughs> These are aliases. I'm gonna laugh, and it's gonna be so. I want you to. That's what I'm. I want you to. It's a alias. All right. I sometimes have performance anxiety and end up not being able to maintain my erection. I love my wife and think she's beautiful, but when I can't keep it up, it hurts her feelings a little bit. Um, I want to have sex with her, but uh, just get in my head about what I'm doing sexually and lose my erection. Uh, Are there any techniques, physical or mental, that I could use to keep this from happening? Yeah, beautiful question. I mean, I think a couple of things there, you know, the challenge with maintaining the erection, I mean, erectile dysfunction, technically, I mean, it's 52% of men struggle with that at some point in yeah. their life. And obviously more as you age, right? Um, so just to normalize, you are totally normal. No part of you is broken, not even your penis. Okay. <laughs> so I want you to hear that first. Um, and then it's a really common thing that I work with, with my clients, right? It's, um, but you mentioned about getting up in your head, right? And I love that you say, I find my wife beautiful. I don't want her to hurt her feelings and, mm-hmm. and I'm up in my head. So assuming that you have ruled out the medical causes that could be contributing, which I always recommend uh, my clients to start there first, so checking medically for any medical reasons that you might be struggling with yeah. erection. Um, but then there's just some lifestyle things. Um, so just going over those quickly, like things like decreasing stress. Stress is a pleasure buster, right? Watching your weight, making sure your blood pressure and cholesterol are okay. No smoking alcohol moderation. I mean, these are just some lifestyle general things that help with having a more robust direction. Yeah. Um, and then in my world, what I teach, um, is more of the, um, well, let's just call it a little bit more woo woo, but so powerful. Right. So I love where the woo meets the science. That's sort of my like sweet spot. So, um, a lot of mainstream medicine will do things like desensitizing, right? This is for like, if you're ejaculating too quickly, let's say, for example, so desensitizing or distraction techniques. I 
I'm not a fan of those uh, with my clients. I want you to be fully present. I want you to feel everything, be with everything and have an amazing erection and amazing ejaculation, right? And all of that's possible. So the, the, what I work on with my clients, if we're, if we're working on this area is really simple things like breath. Okay. So your breath is one of your most powerful ways to calm your nervous system. And if you're up in your head, breath is a really powerful way to get you down into your body. And, and I don't want you like doing your taxes or counting, you know, <laughs> dots on the ceiling, right? <laughs> I want you like to Naming have the a president last longer, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? That's, that's distraction that's taking you out of the amazingness of sex. I want you to be fully present. So your breath is a way to drop you into your body and to slow it down. Okay. So that's slow, great. deep breaths. When you start to feel yourself get anxious, right? When you start to feel yourself, maybe get anxious in your body or up in your head. And then so so just good breathing, right? We have to breathe anyway. We might as well do it well. So, and then the other one is along those lines is to pause, right? We can, when we're in anxiety, we tend to move fast, right? We breathe faster. We, we constrict, our body's constricted. So pausing and noticing, taking some deep breaths. So those two go hand in hand. And that leads me to the third one, which is counterintuitive, but slow it way down, like way down, mm. right? So you might say, if I slow it down, I'm going to lose my erection, but it's actually like, a really helpful way. So lengthen the foreplay, change the, the speed, the direction, the angle, all of these things are really tangible ways. And then the last thing I would say is a great practice is called edging. We could do a whole podcast on edging, but it's basically a solo, a self-pleasure practice um, that, and this is for men or women, but I use it often with my male clients is to like get yourself close to your orgasm without going into orgasm, right? The we call yeah. it ejaculatory inevitability where like the train is on the tracks and it's not stopping no matter what kind of thing getting just before that point and then slowing down decreasing the pleasure decreasing yeah. the sensation with big breath and then edging back up and slowing back down edging back up and you're starting to really build that muscle of being in what we call in the tantra world ejaculation mastery so that i love everything you said there but you're you also need a partner that is willing to go there with you, right? Like your partner, you know, will need to want to slow down as well, mm -hmm. right? Like they'll they'll need to be with you in that. Yeah, beautiful. That that that's a great a great insight. So yeah, I think something like saying again, these are just examples. You're, you're gonna do your language and your situation, um, but saying something like you know, hey babe, like I I, I don't want to come yet, like or I or I'm feeling like I'm not as hard as I want to be, so I want to like pleasure you or I want to try this and maybe you're not even using words as much as just leading by you know moving your body but that you know saying I, I really want this to last longer I really I mean I'm gonna say go out on a limb and say there's gonna be very few women <laughs> who are gonna be like no I just want to like hurry it up and right and if you do yeah. well then we have to do a whole podcast on that because you've got a different situation going on right you know so but yeah bringing your partner in letting them know that you're wanting to last longer or you're wanting to be harder. Like those are really yeah. vulnerable, not easy things, but also can be super sexy. Yeah. Um, I'll say this just, I mean, we're being open and honest. So one of, when we were doing bad Christian podcast, one of our sponsors was hymns and they sent me free. Uh, I get, what is it called? Solidnophil or it's Vi mm -hmm. Viagra basically. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I tell you what, <laughs> when you take one of those, you do feel a little bit like, <laughs> like, I mean, it felt like when I was, I mean, when you're a high school boy, like you just get boners all the time. You can't stop yeah. it. You know, just oh, yeah, the, the, bree the breeze. The yeah. Breeze goes by, I mean, right? anything. It's just, my God, it doesn't matter. I mean, uh, uh, and I was like, 
holy shit. Wow, this is pretty unbelievable. So I'm, I'm assuming, you know, sometimes people do use those things as well. And I, I don't know what your take is on that. I don't know if you think that's good or bad or normal. I, I mean, uh, t- when the when I took it, um, it definitely, it's it had an interesting effect where I was like, whoa, I don't... I, I was able to, because sometimes I've gotten in my head about sex before, for sure. Totally. Especially like we had, my wife and I had trouble having kids. And so we had to have sex at certain times mm-hmm. to try and get pregnant. And man, it felt like work. And I just felt, you know, like so uh, like performance anxiety. I really felt that way, you totally. know, and there's definitely been times where I want to, you know, in my life, I've wanted to pleasure my wife or whatever. And I just felt like, oh, am I letting her down? And then all of a sudden I'm going down and it's just, you know, I'm like, whoa, hold, hold on. Wait, and so yeah, I was just saying I was mentioning that too. I, I don't know what your take is on like Viagra or, or stuff like that. You know, it's an ama- It's very common, right? As we know how common that that pharmaceutical is. Yeah. It can be a great thing. I've had personal experience with it. I've had my clients report experiences with it. So I'm never like prescriptive, good or bad. It's more of like if that's your only tool, I would also suggest trying some other like more holistic tools yeah. so that you can feel more powerful in your erection, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. The most men want to be fabulous lovers. They really do, right? Yeah. I mean, the good ones. And well, I, right. I only surround myself with the good ones, you know? Right. Um, they want to be fabulous lovers. They want to pleasure their partner and, and have, have, have them, you know, mind-blowing, time-bending sex. And so uh, Viagra can be a great tool. And then, there, and then there's a lot of other tools, too. And so I never want someone to feel like that, that's the only tool. Um, yeah. and so, you know, it, it, so that's what I would say about it and, and everything in moderation, right? Like you might only need like a little smidge of that too. Yeah. <laughs> you might not need the whole blue pill, you know? <laughs> yeah, so. you're right. You're right. And uh, for sure, if you can figure out what turns you on and how to get there, then, then lots of times erections come. It, it seems like to me too, not, it's not only just blood flow, it's your brain and your blood and your penis and your body. Oh, you have to think about totally. it. Like you said, holistically. They say our, sure. our brain is our greatest sex organ. And I would agree. Uh, but it's also our greatest barrier to fabulous sex, right? I say that a yeah. lot because we can get really stuck up in our head. And by the way, this is not just men. Women have a lot of performance anxiety as well. It manifests differently, um, but body image anxiety and things that take it, whenever we're in performance, yeah. we're out of experience, right? We're in performance, not in our bodies, not in our sensations. So, you know, anything that you can do, and it might be all of the things, but to drop yourself back into your body. Yeah. All right, let's do one more question. Then I got a surprise question for you. But um, all right. So this one is from Eileen Ulick. Uh, What's the most common issues you work on with your clients as, uh, you know, what's the most common that you work on with your clients? Like, what do you hear about? Yeah, well, I mean, as a sex and intimacy coach, they're all coming to me with, you know, in the realm of sex and intimacy. So within that, with a caveat, because I like to, I get kind of, I get a lot of comments saying, you only talk about sex. And I'm like, well, I'm a sex coach, but (laughs) intimacy is much greater than sex, right? Sex is one of many forms of intimacy. I teach nine realms of intimacy. So sex is one of them. Um, But in that realm, um, so I would say lack of sex would be one of the, my clients coming to me. And I work with men, women, and couples, but, you know, in broad strokes, a a lot of the challenges are lack of sex, um, either for one or both partners, right? One or both partners feel like there's a lack of sex, difference in sex drives, difference in libidos, right? Um, What you mentioned earlier, like uh, performance anxiety, so uh, erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation um, are some common issues. Uh, And then also not uh, inability to orgasm or difficulty with orgasm. Those are some of the the most common issues. And, you know, it's interesting, like I'll have couples say that, well, everything's great in a relationship, except for we don't have sex or we don't have great sex. And yeah. you, and almost always, I don't like broad strokes, but there's, 
that is showing up in the bedroom between the sheets, but there's challenges in other forms of intimacy. So that's always, we always kind of get into, we don't just talk about sex. We talk about communication, resentments. How do you resolve conflict? Those sorts of things. Yeah. And, and the work that I've done with men, it, it, for me, it's always been men feeling that they can't communicate, uh, about their sex drive and their wife's sex drive. And, and, and it's not only just that the men had a higher sex drive is that the men want to feel wanted. And that a lot of times that causes some per performance anxiety too. Um, just because I think men go, I want to be wanted. And then if I'm wanted, then I will really want you and I will be more turned on. And I think oftentimes it's just the communication issues that I, that I've experienced when talking with men, uh, specifically that they don't know how to approach, uh, their partner yeah. in a way that make that makes them, you know, all, all the times it, it's led to arguments, uh, because no one knows how to actually approach it. Cause, and what they're saying is I want you more and I want you to want me. And both people mm -hmm. often do want each other. They just don't know how to get to that. You know? Yeah. That, so well said, right. It's a really beautiful thing. I want you more. I want you to want me more. I want to have more yeah. sex. These are all amazing things, but like, just like you said, it gets lost in translation, right? There's patterns we establish, particularly long-term partnerships. We establish deep patterns and they, they're not always healthy patterns, right? Yeah. So how do you break those patterns? How do you have these conversations? How do you open new doors? And how do you create space to, to have something different, right? And yeah. that's really the the the, the summary, the 40,000 foot view of the work that I get to do is how do you start having these conversations? Because it is never just about sex. Yeah. All right. I got a surprise question for you. Ready hey, for I it? I love it. All right. Uh, my wife and I have sex about once a week. I love having sex. With her, and this comes from Wayne Kerr. Uh, I love having sex with her and would prefer to have it more often. Kind of goes into what we're talking about, but, but her sex drive doesn't match mine. Over the last few years, I've stopped asking for more sex because it has uh, at many times caused frustration or even a few arguments, just like we were talking about before. Um, I have been using porn and masturbating other times throughout the week to get my wants slash needs met. Uh, I think he's talking about sexual needs here. Uh, the issue is my wife and I are Christians. And we both believe porn is wrong. So I keep this a secret from my wife. I want to stop and only express myself sexually with her, but I'm nervous she'll respond or receive it in the wrong way if I again ask for more sex. Um, I also have a 12-inch penis that is seven inches in girth. Thanks for the help. That last part wow, was a joke. That, that, that last was part a, that was, was a joke. Was a I, I added question. that. <laughs> I thought that would be shocking. I made that last part of. I thought that would be. <laughs> I was gonna throw you a curveball. That wasn't. That was I just was me. Like, okay, I was like, <laughs> seven inch girth. There was a lot. I, I like his name. That was a lot. Um, so really, sorry. besides the sorry, I keep throwing curveballs at you. I'm uh, sorry. No, I love it. Just I joking. love it. But besides the large penis part that you threw at the end, the yeah. two really like genuine issues I heard there were actually two. Right, so difference yeah. in sex drives. Right, difference in libido and. Um, and then also issues, uh, challenges with porn, porn feeling isolative in your, in your relationship. So, um, I, I don't like the word normal. I just don't like the, I mean, I'm a mm. mom of a kiddo with autism, so I do not like the word normal. Um, but you know, normal, like statistically normal monogamous long-term partnerships is sex about one, 1.3 times per week. Um, and so, you know, it's in the realm of normal, but that my whole point is that doesn't matter if it doesn't feel like enough to you, the person who submitted this question that is, is valid. That, mm. that is worth looking at. Right. Um, and what I heard is that that's enough for your wife and she's not necessarily wanting more. Right. So you have a difference in libido, difference in sex drives. 
It is so, so, so common. Think about how uncommon it would be that you both have the exact same sex drive at the exact same moment of the exact same day, right? Right. Right. So, because sex drives aren't a set point. They wax in the way. They wax and wane within each of us. They wax and wane with your partner, different times of your life, state of your stress levels, all these things that impact our hormones, right? Time of day, all these things affect sex drive. So the, the less important than the frequency and more important is the communication. So how do you communicate to your wife? You know, you know, and I hear that, that like you can be afraid of being turned down and you internalize that as, as rejection and no, that doesn't feel good for anyone, but having these conversations, sharing with your wife. And again, in a moment when you're connected that, you know, I know we have sex like once a week, I would really love to have sex these many times a week. And then the other thing is, are you open to other kinds of physical intimacy. Maybe you make out or dry hump. That's super underrated, by the way. It's super awesome. We all used to do it in high school yeah. and then we stopped dry humping. I but know. Maybe your needs will feel more met if you're making out a couple times a week and having sex once a week. Who knows, right? Question mark. But again, being maybe broadening your definition of physical intimacy, what that means might help you feel like your needs are met. And so that communication piece is, is key. And then the second part of your question was about porn. And yeah. what you mentioned there is you hide it, right? You were told, you were taught yeah. that it was bad, it was wrong, it's shameful, and that so it's separate. And that's, I work with, porn comes up a lot with my clients in, in my world, um, and it can be really isolative. Something we tend to do, hide it in place of just to get off, all these things, right? It doesn't have to be that way. So just know that there is no shame in, in your porn use. Um, I know you're feeling that way, so I say that with like compassion. But again, having the conversations, looking at, because porn can be very connecting in a couple, it is often very isolating. So the way that it's being used in your relationship is separating the two of you. Can it be used in a way that connects the two of you? And that's really up to having conversations about it. Uh, there's different things. I just did a released a podcast today on, on ethical porn. Um, there's, there is ethical porn. We call it female forward porn. Uh, that's a totally different kind of porn that might feel less shameful for you. So those would be some of the things that I would you know suggest there. Um, and then also maybe practice self-pleasuring without porn. If that's feeling, if porn is feeling like shame and repression, maybe from family of origin, maybe from your growing up um, in a, in a religious environment, whatever it might be, maybe self-pleasuring with, with toys or without porn might help you feel more free, more freedom there. So your self-pleasuring is not bad. Your porn is not bad. And the difference in sex drives is is not bad. There's no part of this that's broken. It's really giving you an opportunity to have a deeper relationship with your partner. Yeah. There've been times, uh, where I felt more in the mood than my wife and we decided to like, you know, I, like I could masturbate around her. Like, like uh, that, that almost sounds creepy, but I don't mean it no. that way. Like we were together, but totally. you know, and, and it actually ended up turning us both on. Totally. I was like, Whoa. I'm not, I, yeah. Like I'm not trying, I'm just, I feel this way. I, I, I'm feeling horny or turned on or whatever. And if, if you're open to this, that way I don't have to turn to something else. I want it to be you. I don't want exactly. you to know that I do want, I am turned on by you, even just you being near me, you know, and, and, that, totally. and there isn't any shame in that hot. coming from yeah. a Christian background that, that, that would have felt like so much shame. You know what I mean? Like, but now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm waking up to a lot of the things that you can be way more connected in lots of ways and open with each other instead of that. Like you said, that stuff that was drilled into us when we were young. Right, exactly. A lot of it's undoing all these patterns. And, and particularly, like you mentioned, with growing up in a really um, religious environment, you know, well, family of origin, religion, and also just culturally, like we were not taught healthy patterns in terms of relating sexually yeah. to each other. 
we're just, we're not, we're taught either nothing or unhealthy patterns. And so it's a really a relearning. Um, and so think of it as an opportunity to relearn with, with your partner and, and, and start to leave the shame behind because shame and repression never work and they're never helpful, but we, we like them. <laughs> so. Right. 100%. All right. This was great. All right. I got one last segment that I'm going to do. I didn't tell you about it. And I'm calling yeah. it. Okay. I'm calling it stump stormy. All right. So I, I was thinking each week we could end the podcast with, I'm going to ask you a question about intimacy or sex or life, but you know, it can be about anything. And I'm going to see if you can get the right answer. Cause this one's a tough one here. Okay. When, when, uh, when do you, you might know the answer. Do you know who or when or both the first vibrator was invented? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm so excited. See, this is the weird thing about me. I'm going to love it when I don't know because you're just adding to my repertoire. <laughs> right. Oh, that's so great. That's so great. Uh, all right. So the, ele- the, the electric vibrator was invented by a physician, a British doctor named Joseph Mortimer Granville uh, in the early 1880s. Amazing. Yep. Now, uh, 1880s, the yeah. first electric vibrator. Mortimer yeah. Granville. Let's pick yeah. the name. I, <laughs> I wish I'd use that for an alias. I like that one. That one sounds pretty wild. Now, what's wild about it is I didn't know this, but uh, there's a, like a lot of like legends or myths about that they, uh, he created it or they used vibrators to control women's hysteria. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, that I do know about that is fascinating. But, but that's what he said. He, uh, he didn't do that. He actually used it. I think doctors after him or physicians after him did try to use that. Um, but he felt like he invented the vibrator as a medical device for men to be used uh, on a variety of body parts, mainly to treat pain, spinal disease and deafness. The only sexual uses he suggested uh, were vibrating a man's perineum to treat impotence. So uh, yeah. and then later right. they started using it that way. But um yeah, I thought that was pretty wild. So I did, I cool, didn't know 1880. That okay, I'm gonna yeah. totally remember. That. Yeah, that the um, treating w- women's orgasm is be as part of hysteria yeah. is a super fascinating. We're not even gonna go there, but like talk yeah. about the patriarchy and like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's one of the reasons why women, so many women, struggle with with difficulty with orgasm, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a that's super cool. 1880. Yeah, I know. Isn't that wild? And and uh, not- they didn't they didn't get. Uh, they weren't able to transport them. This was like a box that you that you had to go to. Like it, it wouldn't become portable until like the 1900s or whatever. But anyway, that is right. I remember this is totally separate. Like, but very funny. I remember finding my my mom's like vibrator when I was like I don't know how old I was young. And but what made me laugh about it is I was like young enough that I was like using it on my shoulders. <laughs> yeah, that's <and> neck pain. <laughs> yeah. I bet so many kids have done that. Yeah, that I have happened. No yeah. idea what it was. Which yeah, is we, so beautifully innocent, right? I love it. Yeah, my kids, we had a toy. It was like a vibrating cock ring, and uh-huh. they, they came in. This is like years ago. They're like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, they're like, look at this ring I found, and they were wearing it like a wedding ring. I was like, well, duh, uh, better. Uh, sorry, that's a. Uh, I don't. I don't even remember what I said. I was like, give me that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh boy. Hey, this awesome. has been this has been awesome. Okay, tell everybody, give them their your podcast, the, where they can find your 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 TikToks. I'm sure we'll talk yeah. about this in the future a bunch, but just <laughs> so, so everybody we have let's, a let's, podcast let's, every other week on all things sex, science, and sacredness, and that's Love Deep Lab podcast on YouTube and all the pod platforms. Our TikTok with just different inspirational tips and educational tips is Touchy Subjects with three S's, and then uh, our website is lovedeeperlab.com. And yeah. uh, kind of fun. We have we have a, a lube that we're launching uh, because I wanted a clean lube. So we, we're launching a lube in about two weeks. 
Yeah, I'm so excited about that. We're going to carry it on marriage supply, I believe. Yeah, yeah I'm so excited about. I can't. I can't wait. That that, that is so are, cool. Your samples are coming. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very excited about that. So this is great. Hey, this is awesome. Uh, we're going to be doing more of these in the future. So uh, thank you guys for listening, Stormy. We'll see you soon.